At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. I followed it via Twitter like the rest of Bears Nation. Justin Fields improving, it seems. A little better <laughs> final day throwing the football. Well, this opens up a larger conversation, David, in my opinion, about how wild it's going to be to cover this training camp when we get back here in July and August. People are looking to draw grand conclusions every single day that the Bears are on the practice field about Justin Fields. We've basically had an opportunity over the last month to watch six practices. Six practices in an OTA and a minicamp setting where there are no grand conclusions to draw, but we can take little snapshots and try to create uh, days-long conversations about what they mean and what they actually signify. did think it was interesting to hear from Justin after practice and, and, and kind of get a feel for where he's at as he goes into this 40-day, 40 40-night 40 break between now and training camp. And then also hear from Matt Eberflus, who um, you know, was, was pretty specific with some of the things he's looking to um, get from Justin as he goes forward. And, and I wrote down five areas and I tweeted these out as well because people are going to have to keep an eye on these during training camp. But Flus talked about footwork, platform, timing, release, and reads. Those are five things to repeat to yourself. Footwork, platform, timing, release, reads. Those are from the head coach's mouth about what he wants to see in his starting quarterback as he goes forward. And that'll give us a little bit of a gauge. And uh, I'll leave it there, but I do want to circle back to the conversation to get your take just on on how weird this is going to be when camp begins and every day it gets an even more intense microscope than this mini camp has had. Well, we've got a lot of other things to get to, and and certainly my own impressions from being there on on day two. But I I want to – Explore that. Matt Eberflus came obviously prepared to describe the areas of improvement. Do you think that this is a typical coaching mantra? Do you think this was specific to Fields and he wanted to send people away with something to think about and let everyone know that there is a checklist and boxes that need to be checked? Or I guess the genesis of this is not an acronym, but it is certainly a list of priorities. And I think they're good ones. It makes sense by what you see and what he's not doing necessarily, what he needs to do. Any any background in terms of how we came up with these five areas? No, I mean, they were re- I think they were just off the top of his head, honestly, in th- terms of things they talk about every day. We've talked now, obviously, for the last six weeks about rhythm and timing. That's been, been a huge buzzword here at Hallis Hall as they try to get this passing game unlocked. Uh, and those are some of the things that go into rhythm and timing. Justin talked today about kind of um, mastering the footwork that they've taught him, which under this regime with Luke Getzey and Andrew Janoku and Matt Eberflus is different than what he was working on with John Filippo and Matt Nagy in his rookie season. And so when when you have footwork changes, it, it creates new habits that you have to master. And Justin talked today about his feet 
being sort of the the controls of the clock in his head, you know, and his footwork being what takes him to read one, read two, read three, and trying to get a little bit more uh, efficient with that, a little bit more polished, a little more effective with that. That's going to be a big thing going into training camp and toward the preseason and the regular season for him to, to get that going. Um, and so then, then when you just talk about the release, I asked him specifically, I said, Matt, Matt talked about you improving your release and, and what specifically is he talking about? And he just talked about the speed of it, you know, just getting the ball out quicker, knowing when it needs to be in the hands of somebody else to make the play, you know, and I think that's probably a big step for Justin Fields in 2023 is understanding that sometimes as the, um, you know, the driver of the offense, your job is to just get the ball to someone else and let them do the work, you know, and you don't have to do it all. And so, so that, that is part of get it out, get it on time, get it to someone else that can move the ball. And then, and then we'll, we'll live to see another down. And, and then at certain points, we're going to ask you to use your playmaking gifts as a passer and a runner to put the ball in the end zone and score points. Overall, how would you describe what he had to say and how he's uh, processing, not anything maybe that's happening on the field, but the interpretation of what's happening on the field. He's not a young man that's phased by much. Yeah. Right? Did he speak to that at all? He, he's not concerned with it. David, and I think that's one of the best parts about Justin Fields is he just really, honestly, from from early on in his rookie season, he got in the seat, understood what he meant to this franchise and knew that part of that responsibility is not worrying about what everybody in the outside world is is saying or judging or reacting to. And it's just staying locked into what what your coaches want you to master. Um Look, Matt Eberflus again talked today very glowingly about Justin's leadership and his work ethic and his, you know, the growing confidence. And those are all things that, that are awesome, you know, and, and they're not to be taken lightly. And they're, they're things you need to be a star quarterback in this league. Those boxes are checked and we've established that those boxes are checked. No one has questions about those things. Now it's about progressing as a passer and understanding what's asked of you on the NFL level to get there. And that that's going to be the next step in this journey. Um, you know, you asked a little bit today was a very short practice and there was, you know, limited red zone action. They did some, some red zone running and then some red zone passing down there. A few throws down there in the red zone where, where, where Justin makes a, a, an absolutely brilliant throw into a tight window for a touchdown. One to Robert Tunyon stood out today where uh, he fitted in between Eddie Jack and Tyreek Stevenson and, and, and threw a dime. You know, he threw it on the arc that it needed to be thrown on, he threw it with the velocity it needed to be thrown on. He trusted that the window was going to be there and it's a touchdown. And you say, cool, right? We can go back on film and watch that and say, this is what we're looking for. Now it needs to be more consistent. And all these things are, are on the stair climb to becoming that quarterback that Chicago hopes Justin Fields is. That really is the word consistency, because I think that whether it was Day three, what you just described, or day two, what I observed, and the you know the, the descriptions and reports from the first day of minicamp, the extremes are still. Boy, that was a great throw that he dropped between two defenders on day two to DJ DJ Moore, and wasn't that a beautiful long ball? Because he throws it so well to the point where then uh, uh, ten minutes later he's missing on on an easy throw, a gimme, if you will. So the long passes are great. The short pass is not so great. I, I think that the range of the range of performance is still probably a little bit wider than you would want for a quarterback entering his third year. That's not criticizing. That's describing or observing. And I think that there's that, that area that you know that distinction that not everybody can make as a fan. But I do think that as a coach, that's the way you've got to look at it. As an analyst, I think that's the way you want to look at it because. Yeah, he does a lot of things that are special, but you have to acknowledge in that same breath that, yeah, he does a lot of things that he still needs to improve on to become the kind of quarterback 
that he can be and maximize that potential. Yeah, look, if you're a, a Chicago Bears fan or an audience member of this podcast or, or, or people that follow this team, that you, you can go in two directions. I'll give you directions either way you want to go. You can come to the newsstand and get the the accounts of what are happening, or you can go to the Kool-Aid stand. There's about 40 Kool-Aid stands <laughs> that, I, that we can send you to. You know, I, I can give you names, you know, that, that, that you, can, you can go and you can get your Kool-Aid and you can get your sugar high and you can feel great about it. You know, we saw on, I guess it was Wednesday after practice number two, Adam Hogue, a friend of the podcast and, and obviously a, a, a longtime analyst of this football team, went on the score with Parkinson Spiegel and said that, that Justin Fields had a little bit of a rough day and had some moments in seven on seven where the ball wasn't out quick enough. And he told no lies, just like Chris Sims told no lies a few weeks ago. And he got the backlash that anyone that criticizes Justin Fields in any way tends to get from a certain segment of the Bears fan base that is completely allergic to criticism of Justin Fields and completely allergic to the idea that that maybe um, there are more boxes to be checked before we give him the throne and the crown and the robe and all the things that come with being the king of the city. And so that's why I say, David, it's going to be fascinating to cover this training camp because if this is day two of a mini camp in June and people are either saying it all matters or none of it matters or only the things that I want to hear matter, what's going to happen when we have these daily practices open for a month and a half and everybody is going to be kind of taking the, um, the, the things that happen on a daily basis and sticking them inside whatever frame fits them and go to, go to Michael's and get whatever frame fits their room. Right. And, and say, this is the frame I want to put this in, or this is the frame I want to put this in. And there's going to be so many different interpretations and wildly extreme interpretations of the exact same thing that it creates some confusion amongst the masses and the people that, that want to just get a, a kind of level-headed grounded sense of what's happening are going to have to filter a lot more because it's, it's, it's a wild world out there right now. And we learned that again this week. I think that's part of the noise in most NFL cities, probably louder in Chicago, but I don't think ultimately it has a lot to do with what's going to happen on the field. Cause I don't think that Justin Fields is going to be affected by it. Correct. I do think it makes, I do think it makes, you know, rational conversations about the growth of a year three quarterback <laughs> difficult to achieve, but I don't think it really ultimately has any bearing on what we're going to see week one against the Packers. And no, I think you're right. that's the bottom line. You realize that. I know that, but I, but I'm not necessarily, we're not, we're not talking to each other to, 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 <laughs> to make sure that neither one of us goes over the cliff. I think that we're, we're safely, you know, firmly got our feet on the ground here. I think that what happens is that you, you deal with it on such a regular basis that the reflex is to prepare yourself for the most extreme reaction or overreaction to what we see. So the, the, the deep ball to DJ Moore, all of a sudden you're projecting that to, he can make the Jalen hurts like jump. And then 10 minutes later, he's missing a swing pass or putting it where, you know, the back shoulder and he needs to be in, in stride. And we're talking about, boy, he looks a lot like uh, he's the next Achilles Smith. So yeah. I, I think that there's a wide range there, but that reflects right now where he is. It's Correct. June. The ball should not be on the on the ground as much as it has been at some of those mini camp practices because there's no pass rush, there's no pads, there's no pressure. But I think that also in the same token, he has a gear that he can find when the pads do go on that's really hard to simulate. 
Well, yeah, and this is an important distinction to make, particularly as we get into training camp, because in seven-on-seven settings, and you're talking about a quarterback that needs to work on processing, needs to work on timing and rhythm, you have nothing to divert your eyes. You know, there's no pass rush to even feel, much less see. And so your eyes should just be going boom, boom, boom. You know, read one, read two, read three. And so when there are reps where even if it's a completion and it, and it goes in the, the ledger as a completion, well, it's late because you hitched a little too long, you stuck on read one a little too long, and it just was a little bit clunky. Those are all things that when you've watched quarterbacks at a higher level go through certain periods of seven on seven and it's just target practice you know it's just boom 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 balls out completion 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 ball never touches the ground we just got to keep an eye on that and it doesn't mean that if, if you have a couple sessions that are clunky that it that it means that the the you know, the trap door is open beneath the entire organization. It just means let's keep an eye on this and make sure that it is still um, looking the way it's supposed to look for a quarterback that's supposed to be taking a big jump. And, and Justin, will get, again, it, the sample size will be huge in the month of August and we'll have a lot to judge. And, it, you know, we should know going into September where to set the, that early 2023 regular season bar for this offense and this quarterback, because their eyes will tell us where it's at. So before we get to some of the sound bites you want to address, because I think some more interesting, um, over the next 40 days, did did Justin Fields lay out a plan and what he <laughs> how he plans to spend them? I I know there've been some reports about him going to a camp in Europe. We oui, we oui. Jordan Love uh, and, and and Deshaun Watson. Is that what's happening? We oui, we oui. this weekend he's leaving. Okay. Uh, he's leaving on Friday night. Flight to France. Uh, shares an agency with with Jordan Love and Deshaun Watson. They are going to be running a football camp this weekend in France. And Justin said he's never been to Europe. It's going to be his first trip over there. I pulled up a couple clips of the Griswolds in in Paris just to uh, kind of remember what a European vacation can be like for a first-timer. And, and so we'll see what he does over there. He seemed pretty excited to go over there. Uh, also indicated that, you know, after taking maybe a week, a week and a half off away from football, he's going to get right back to it in July and that it's his goal to go to Florida in mid-July with tight ends, running backs, and wide receivers and, and, and work on not only some of the on-field stuff, but to get some off-field chemistry built some bonding done. And so it'll be interesting. I'm sure we'll have social media posts sometime in July that tell us who's there and who's not there and what it looks like and what the extracurricular activities are. And, and it'll be uh, an interesting kind of kind of pulse to keep on on where, where Justin is with the off-field building of of his chemistry with his guy. Don't you imagine just Chase Claypool being the guy who can't get through like uh, the security gate or something because he, he misses the flight or there's some sort of complication or well, his he's playing that gets delayed. You're also always worried about people with metal in their bodies. And so Darnell Mooney's got these, these, yes. these screws in his, his ankle now. And so who knows what that's going to do at TSA. He yeah. may not be able to get there. He may need to take a, a, a Madden cruiser down to join the group. I'm all for uh, young men in their 20s broadening their horizons. You know, everybody should go to Europe. I don't know if I would choose to accompany Deshaun Watson on my first trip to Europe. I just think, okay, Jordan Love, I could get, even though he's plays for the rival team, but um, I just, uh, yeah, that's an interesting choice for a travel companion. They work together in the off season, uh, you know, it, it, sharing an agency and, and, and the things that go with that. Um, there are a handful of things I could say. It would probably get us in some hot water. So I'll just leave them alone for now and say that good luck to Justin in France and hope he knows enough of the language to, uh, to impart some wisdom on those young kids uh, in France that want to learn a little bit more about playing quarterback. So you mentioned Mooney. I mentioned Claypool. Jack Sanborn also had an injury that kept him out of action. Uh, anything in terms of injuries or health concerns that would linger 
and maybe affect training camp. Yeah, the only other one that I'd point out, first of all, with Jack Sanborn, it, you know, it, it was easy to forget because we were so enamored with how he played down the stretch of last season that he finished the year on IR and had his rookie season prematurely interrupted. He seems to be the guy that they're talking most glowingly about in terms of him being ready to be ready for the first practice of training camp. So that seems to be the internal expectation here at Hellasol. Terrell Smith, the rookie cornerback that they drafted in April, uh, was banged up down the stretch here of, of minicamp and was not able to um, get on the field. And Matty Refluce expressed a little bit of, um, I don't want to say disappointment, but disappointment that, that he didn't get to see more of the rookie because I think they believe uh, that he creates a, a good competition. We've, we've talked a lot this week already about Tyreek Stevenson and the way he's quickly emerged as a, a you know, probable week one starter at this point because of his competitiveness, the way he's uh, approached the orientation process, the way he's been confident and ready to roll. Um, you'd like to see Terrell Smith kind of kind of stick his hat in the ring to, to compete for some kind of role in the secondary, whether it's backup or or a leading role. Um, but that's the other one that, that, that kind of stands out there. And then, uh, as you know, there's always surprises. That first, that first day of reporting date in late July, there's always some surprise that, that pops up and you go, oh boy, now we've got something to track here for the first week plus a training camp and injury that we didn't know about.